Good afternoon and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from Rob Gobey with the Canadian Agricultural Safety Association. Up first in today's country comment, we'll have details from the 26th annual Fields on Wheels conference. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. The 26th annual Fields on Wheels conference was held virtually yesterday. One of the presenters was Riel Tatro, president and CEO of Mid-Canada Transload Services located just south of Latelier. He talked about identity preserved grain. The consumer wants to know where his product comes from, who, who handles it, how is it treated. Uh, they want to know what chemicals were put on it. So there's certain a lot of regulations that are going into the new identity preserved. Uh, the grain, Canadian Grain Commission, Canadian Identity Preserve Recognition System, CIPRS. It's a voluntary program that certifies a company's IP system for the production, the handling, and transportation of specialty grain, oil seeds, and pulse, and it's an effective program. So the USDA definition, IP is a process of differentiating commodities requiring that strict separation, which typically involves containerized shipping, be maintained at all times. The service is provided by U.S. Agricultural Marketing Service, AMS. The USDA Process Verified Program is a verification service that offers applicants a unique way to market their products to customers using clearly defined, implemented, and transparent process points. So transparency is what the customer is looking for um, from the processor, from the farmer right to the processor. Um, this is very important. Applicants with an improved USDA process verified program may develop promotional material associated with their process verified points. Use the USDA PVP shield in accordance with program requirements and market themselves as USDA process verified. But this program does not relieve the company of meeting regulatory requirements. So some companies are even marketing themselves as, a, as giving their own IP um, references and they uh, they are seeing the opportunity of marking themselves as an IP product. These IP programs provide participating companies with independent third-party verification audit of the identification, the segregation and traceability of their product, unique value added characteristic. So verification is provided at every stage including the seed production, processing, distribution, providing the buyer with assurance that the identity of the product is preserved from the requested stage of production. Now from the Canadian Seed Growers Association, this shows the whole stage of IP. Certified seed, the grower by certified seed grows the crop under regulations. The, it is shipped to, a process, to a, um, an elevator or a facility such as ours where the IP is maintained it is then pro sent to the processor. The, again, the IP is maintained. And here the consumer is reading on the back of the package. The product is unique in its traceability from every stage of the, from start to finish. So that adds value to the farmer, to the processor, and the end user, the consumer, is satisfied. He doesn't mind paying a little bit more for the protection that he's getting for the knowing that the product has has gone through a traceability change uh, chain and there's a 
transparency throughout. So IP products increase the need to segregate crops for specific end uses. That was Real Tatro, president and CEO of Mid-Canada Transload Services, talking about identity-preserved grain during yesterday's Fields on Wheels virtual conference. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. The 26th annual Fields on Wheels conference was held virtually yesterday. Manitoba Agriculture Minister Ralph Eichler spoke during the event. As the processing sector grows, uh, Manitoba's agriculture sector continues to rely on rail and road supply chains to move products to international export markets. We are truly blessed as a province and as a country to be able to export our goods to other uh, countries and provinces in order to make us whole. There's incredible investment in Canada's grain handling and transportation system by railways and grain handlers, not only today, but looking forward to tomorrow. The Fields on Wheels conference brings together representatives from all segments of the agricultural and logistics supply chains. The theme this year was congestion and logistical challenges in the late pandemic. And on Monday, the federal government announced an investment of up to $5.1 million for Buffalo Creek Mills to purchase and install First in Canada technology as part of its plant expansion in Altona. A customized continuous oat kiln and associated processing and packaging equipment will allow Buffalo Creek Mills to further process oats for use as conventional food ingredients and for the creation of emerging oat products. Here is CEO Ryan Penner. This funding has allowed Buffalo Creek Mills to expand into a rapidly growing product market with innovative technologies. And these innovative technologies are well suited to meet the specific requirements of the many products emerging in this marketplace. Penner says upon completion of the project, Buffalo Creek Mills will have grown from three employees at its inception to a projected 45 employees. Funding is being provided through the Agra Innovate program. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Wednesday, December 15th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, Bruce Burnett with Markets Farm will talk about the wheat and Durham markets. Markets Farm Director of Weather and Markets, Bruce Burnett, was one of the presenters for the recent virtual Farm Forum event. Glenda Lee Allen Vosser was online for the event and takes us through some of the key highlights of his presentation on the wheat and Durham market. Wheat's been leading the future markets. Uh, essentially, other markets have been watching wheat to see what's going on and taking their cue from it. Uh, again, I think probably wheat, until we get into the new crop harvest in the middle of 2022 here, uh, probably is going to remain the leader. The most critical thing here has been drops in Russian, Canadian, and U.S. spring wheat production. But uh, there have been so many other uh, problems with the global crop this year, the quality problems in Australia and Europe. Uh, some lower production in some of the importing countries. That certainly led uh, to this uh, a strong wheat market globally. Uh, the one thing I would point out is that demand has remained strong through this marketing year. And any time that we've seen prices move back in the international cash markets, uh, we've seen people jump in and buy more. So that's uh, certainly pushed the markets higher here. Um, we're trading roughly about 100 
to $150 a ton, depending on the type of wheat, higher than we were last last year at this time. So uh, pr pretty significant premiums. And again, our premiums have been higher in North America because of the fact that we essentially had a disaster in the spring wheat crop. If you take a look at what's been driving those prices, I would say the main thing that's been driving these prices has been the exporter wheat ending stocks around the uh, around the globe and essentially uh, when we get um, uh, stocks below this sort of 50 million ton mark or in around that that level we start to see prices respond uh, uh, in, in terms of increasing his presentation during the Farm Forum was 30 minutes. Of course, we can only bring you a, a small portion of that. He wrapped up what was happening with wheat before moving into Durham. Uh, just to summarize a little bit, wheat production down, exports are down, strong demand from some unlikely likely areas. Durham production, uh, this is probably the biggest move in the report was dropping the uh, Durham production down to 2.65 million tons. That makes it the smallest crop since, it, since 88. So I circled 88 there. Um, uh, it's been a long time, but certainly a significant, um, uh, uh, significant low point in, in terms of Durham production this year. And I want to emphasize, this has left the world very, very short on Durham going through this marketing year and possibly into next marketing year. That's certainly showing up in terms of cash prices. These are the PDQ prices, which are essentially the bid bid prices. So again, we're around about that $20 uh, uh, bushel mark in Southwestern Saskatchewan. Uh, again, bids probably to trade it, you would need another buck or two to the upside in, in order to trade significant quantities. Um, the, uh, Spring wheat to Durham spread is extraordinarily wide, uh, around about that $8 a bushel mark. So a uh, very significant uh, spread between wheat and Durham. That's why I think we're going to see higher Durham area next year. For those that registered for the Farm Forum but didn't catch Burnett's presentation, you can still check it out on the Farm Forum site. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen Vossler. The Canadian Agricultural Safety Association has announced that over 450 firefighters in 19 training sessions were trained in how to respond to grain entrapment incidents through the Be Grain Safe Grain Safety Program. This is the most training in sessions held in one year since the inception of the program. Here's Agricultural Safety and Health Specialist Rob Gobey. This year was very much a milestone year for us. Uh, we uh, put the training program together, I think, about five years ago now. And this year, due to maybe some budget money freed up uh, and uh, a lot of uh, positive feedback and interest uh, accumulated over the years, this year was a banner year for training. Uh, we uh, managed to do more training this year um, than what we have almost in total uh, thus far. So, like I said, it was just a crazy, busy, but good year for us on the training end. Yeah, and I guess talk a little bit about the training, how it works. Um, I know you have a, a trailer that sort of travels across the, the prairies. 
Yeah, we've got what we call our Be Grain Safe mobile unit. And it's uh, basically a contractor-style trailer with a grain bin assembly built into it. And uh, we use it, originally we used it uh, mostly for uh, awareness demonstrations at trade shows and uh, community events. But uh, now we use it almost exclusively for the grain rescue uh, training with the firefighters. Um, and... Yeah, it's it's uh, quite the uh, interesting unit. We uh, go all over, mostly the prairies, but actually uh, for 2022 coming up, we're planning on going all the way out to the Maritimes. So, um, you know, we try to get to all these different communities and uh, provide the training as uh, as needed in different areas. Talk about just the importance of the training um, and, and what it provides to the, to the firefighters, you know, that, you know, maybe they wouldn't get uh, without it. Sure. Well, as many people fail to realize, um, flowing grain behaves much like quicksand. And um, every year across Canada, we're averaging about uh, four to five fatalities uh, to, due to grain entrapment alone. So uh, that was part of why we started our Be Grain Safe program uh, with the awareness with the producers as well as the uh, grain entrapment rescue training with the firefighters. And, uh, yeah, since then we've been going hard and uh, trying to get this training out to producers. Uh, As we know, there's different uh, incidents that make news and uh, often when it comes to grain entrapment they're not the uh, most desirable outcome unfortunately and if i uh, recall correctly um we talked uh, previously I, I believe you mentioned that uh this training um directly led to to a, su- a successful rescue is that right yeah correct uh it was a, a couple years ago now in the fall out in uh, southern ontario um a, a young girl uh, was visiting uh, a friend on the on their farm and uh, for whatever reason she decided it would be a good idea to jump into a uh, a wagon full of corn uh, unloading product and uh, she went started to get become entrapped and uh, luckily uh, people heard her scream and uh, stopped that flow of product and uh, managed to successfully rescue her and uh, the responding department actually had the uh, grain rescue training and uh, we had a the most desirable outcome that we can hope for. That was Rob Gobey with the Canadian Agricultural Safety Association. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email the farm desk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glenda Lee Allen Vossler, I'm Corey Knute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Manitoba Egg Museum near Austin is hosting a winter wonderland December 17th to the 19th from 4 to 8 p.m. The entry fee is $10 per family. Proof of vaccination for guests aged 12 and up is required. Manitoba Agriculture is offering environmental farm plan workshops over the winter. They'll take place online. Visit the Manitoba Agriculture website to register. Manitoba Egg Days returns to Brandon's Keystone Center January 18th to the 20th. And Keystone Agricultural Producers AGM takes place January 25th 
virtually and in person at the Delta Hotel in Winnipeg. Go to the CAP website for more details. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Wednesday afternoon, joining us once again is Rob Gobey with the Canadian Agricultural Safety Association to talk about their firefighter grain safety training. We've had a lot of positive, positive feedback uh, from the training sessions, from the departments receiving the training, as well as a lot of enthusiasm from our network of master trainers who are also firefighters, uh, mostly fire chiefs and or training uh, coordinators for local fire departments. And uh, the feedback is awesome. Uh, And it's that word of mouth kind of um, growth for the training. One other thing that I I feel has really contributed to the... uh, the busy schedule this past year uh, was the generous sponsorship of uh, the Green Rescue equipment, that being a uh, coffer dam and a small pencil logger that the first responders use in a rescue situation. So we were lucky enough to have two different sponsors put on, uh, put up money for the equipment as well as training. In, in specific locations, and that really helped uh, spur on that extra level of training and interest. I guess moving forward, any new equipment coming on board or, or anything in that regard? Or um, No, just uh, some end-of-season maintenance, which was much needed. Uh, with a hectic schedule comes a lot of wear and tear on the uh, unit, of course. But um, while we have the downtime over the winter, we'll get that taken care of, and uh, looking forward to... Uh, Another busy, uh, interesting uh, year next year. That was Rob Gobey with the Canadian Agricultural Safety Association. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. On Monday, the federal government announced an investment of up to $5.1 million for Altona's Buffalo Creek Mills to purchase and install a customized continuous oat kiln and associated processing and packaging equipment. Here is company president Melvin Penner. The agri-innovative repayable loan has allowed us to move forward with expansions, expansion plans. It has always been the intention of the partners in Buffalo Creek Mills to create local economic activity. This does not only benefit the partners at Buffalo Creek Mills, it benefits the whole community and country. I would refer to these types of programs as an economic development program as they benefit the local economy, create jobs in the areas as well as create a market for locally grown products. Upon completion of the project, Buffalo Creek Mills will have grown from three employees at its inception to a projected 45 employees. And the Fields on Wheels conference brings together representatives from all segments of the agricultural and logistics supply chains. The 26th annual event was held virtually yesterday. Dr. Martin Scanlon is Dean of the Faculty of Agricultural and Food Sciences at the University of Manitoba. The focus of today's Fields on Wheel conferences is addressing some of the challenges that were associated with supply chains, particularly driven by some of the events that we've seen as a result of the pandemic. But we're also seeing some of these supply chains uh, blockages as a result of some of these extreme weather events. So this is a really timely topic. A lot of Canadian consumers and also consumers around the world are very concerned now about food security. The theme this year was congestion and logistical challenges in the late pandemic. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. 
We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll get an update on CFA's Pay West initiative. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.